0: Customer Advocacy Platform Mention Me recently hosted Advocacy Engineered, the world's leading event on the power of customer advocacy. More than 200 senior marketers from brands including Puma, Deliveroo, Charlotte Tilbury, Marks & Spencer, John Lewis, Farfetch, and other big names joined us in London to hear from industry experts on how to drive sustainable business growth in the tough times ahead. This podcast series presents the live recordings of each of our speakers on the day. The one you're about to listen to features Darren Loveday from Mention Me and Alex Timlin, head of CX at SAP, on thinking advocacy first throughout the customer journey.
1: Um, Right, show of hands. Who was in Sophia's session earlier? Right, who's in the 4% that already do something with referral today? Put your hands up. Who still learnt something new so far this morning? Excellent. Right, slightly embarrassing. Hands up if you're in the 96% that are not yet doing anything with referral. Be honest. Okay, I want you to take those hands and give yourself a good slap around. In fact, don't don't do that. Don't do that. They're going a bit too far. Right. So originally, this session was aimed at bringing to life all of the concepts that we've talked about today. But I realized, having spoken with Fred and listened to Fred, that actually this is going to keep you all out of jail. It's as simple as that, right? Anyone who heard him knows exactly what I mean. So to bring it to life, we're going to have some actors. Now we're going to have actors from the brand and some actors that represent customers and prospects. The names are in no way modeled on the Mention Me marketing team. It is purely coincidence. So our actors, we've got Mark, he's the brand's marketer, he's time poor, too much going on, um, not very happy, with his set of responsibilities, wants to make a change. We've got Sophia, who's our CMO, trying to drive change across the brand, whether that is in their outbound communications, their media strategy, you name it, she's trying to drive it. She's trying to push towards that earned growth utopian state. Christina is our customer service rep, so she talks to the customers on a regular basis. We then have Olivia, our customer, and one of her friends, who's Eliza. So we're going to start with Olivia's journey. So Olivia is actually a return customer. She's brought from this brand once before. She trusts them based on that original purchase, and she's got a killer event coming up. Right? She really wants that outfit that's going to represent her status in the business. It's a business event. So she goes to the brand's website, and she browses for what she wants. She finds exactly what it is. She adds it to the basket, and she completes. Now, propensity to refer is kicking in, and we've modelled Olivia as someone with a high propensity to refer. So she's going to get an offer immediately. We can see she's got a little offer here, 15% off if you refer someone. Now, remember, she's brought before, so she trusts the product, she trusts the service that she received. So she's going to refer a few friends. Meanwhile, we're going to divert from Olivia's journey for a moment, and we're going to have a look at Mark. So remember, Mark's time poor. So he's got this campaign running in terms of the referral. And you can see that he's getting some really good ROAS on it. But he wants to do better. He wants to create some challenger creative. So very simply, he's just going to drag and drop a challenger creative into his current campaign. So he's going to split that segment. He's going to have two different cohorts now. And we're going to see how they respond. Eliza's journey, remember Eliza's the referee, so Olivia has actually referred Eliza, and she trusts Olivia, they're good friends. They work together, but they're good friends as well. Um, So she's gonna go to that brand's website as well, and she's gonna have a look for herself. But she's come to the table a little bit later, so she actually has an idea of what she's gonna wear, but she needs shoes, we all need shoes. So she's gonna use the referral opportunity to go and have a look at the shoes that this brand sells, And she finds a pair, but she's not convinced. She trusts Olivia, but she's not 100% certain yet whether that's going to be the right shoes for her for the event. So she's going to pause. It's not always as easy as people just adding to basket and checking out. We'd all love it to be that world, but sometimes it doesn't happen. But fortunately, mention me are quite clever. So we're extending beyond those traditional owned party referral channels. If you remember Roy and that adoption curve. We talked about optimizing all your marketing channels. So actually on the way home, Eliza's gonna get another little prompt. So this time on Facebook, she's gonna get a prompt reminding her that she has a reward as a referee still open to her. So it's contextually relevant. We're continuing the conversation across additional marketing channels. She's convinced now This session wouldn't go too well if they remained unconvinced, would it? So she's convinced now. She's going to add it to her basket, and she's going to phone Olivia. She's over the moon. Olivia, I've just brought these amazing shoes. This work event's going to be off the charts. Really looking forward to it. Great, but I've forgotten my shoes. Olivia's now in shock. She needs to to react. So she's going to go back online and buy her shoes. But this is a couple of days later. So right now, she's brought the shoes, but a separate transaction. And she's a little bit worried about, are they going to arrive in time? We're going to pause there, and we're going to talk about earned growth for a minute, because we're going to bring Sophia in. So remember what Fred said about earned growth. It's about really understanding the customer love. And this is a brand that Sophia is determined to drive customer love across all aspects of that brand. Any interaction on any channel, no matter who you are as a customer or a prospect, we want to build that customer love. Now, she's looking at her campaign dashboard, and she can see that she's actually got great earned growth, 32% earned growth. Did everyone remember the metrics that Andy had on the board as how he calculated it? NRR, plus referrals, minus 100, positive earned growth is very, very good. So she's happy with her own growth, but she's also realized that most of that earned growth has been through the acquisition channel so far for this brand. And she knows that because of that that metric, she can influence earned growth in other ways by giving out more customer love to existing customers, to drive more repeat purchase, to drive more service excellence. So she's going to put in place a plan across her organization to start to think about Customer love in the service channel, in the marketing channel, in the sales channel. So we're going to see the outcomes of that. Olivia has received her package. Remember, she brought two things. So she's received the outfit sans the shoes, and she's a little bit worried. She trusts the brand, but the events tomorrow. She trusts the brand, but she wants to be certain that the shoes are going to arrive. So she decides to pick up the phone. Now, it could be the phone. It could be a click to talk, a live chat. Whether you're an SMB or a mid-tier or an enterprise brand, you have ways that you speak to your customers. And we want to share the love by fueling all of those channels with our understanding of the referral value. So come back to that social graph that Andy shared about Chris at Kewle and the amount of referees, and the value that's tracked back to Chris. So Olivia's called the service channel, speaking with Christina. She's really worried that the shoes are not going to come in time. The good news is Christina gets this great prompt. You've got a really high advocacy score. So we're immediately helping the service channel understand the value of this customer with that additional data. So Christina's actually able to book a particular time slot in for the delivery the next morning, just to reassure Olivia that her shoes are gonna arrive in time. Olivia's over the moon. Shoes arrive the next day, she's really, really happy. Mark's world never ends, he's got more more stuff to do. So he loves the fact that he was able to run an A-B test just with simple drag and drop of another creative, and he loves the fact that he can see his ROAS almost in real time, but he wants to make this easier. He wants to scale. This particular brand have gone from startup to scale up. They need to automate more. They need to rely on the AI. They need to rely on the propensity to refer. So he's going to launch some smart experiments, and those experiments are going to help give him some cohorts that he can drive with referral offers, but importantly, that he can share around his other marketing channels as well. And in this particular instance, he's used that cohort. Remember, the cohort that he's using to drive referral prompts. He's using that cohort to do something very clever in his outbound world. He's building one cohort where people don't have a high propensity to refer, that are gonna receive a more generic email. He's got a new product launch, they're gonna send out a typical email campaign. He's got a cohort that have a low propensity to refer, that he's, going to, he's actually gonna drive that a little bit differently. But for the cohort with a high propensity refer that he's taken from Mention Me, he's actually gonna launch a VIP campaign, something very, very specifically tailored to their purchase behaviors, their needs, their preferences, their profiles, but based on the fact that they either have a high advocacy Score or a high propensity to refer. We think these are your best customers. So Mark, in a completely separate channel now, is using that insight around your best customers to drive the outbound world as well as the inbound and the outbound referral world. So, this is great. We're across all channels, highly contextually relevant, really based on the mention me understanding of your social graph and your referral value. We've amplified everything. We're going into real omni channel territory. So many of your brands will have physical stores, will have other places where an employee and a customer can engage. That data that we're building, those advocacy scores, are available to move into wherever you store your customer profiles today. That could be something as significant as a CDP or a data lake. It could be a much smaller set of data. But those scores that we are generating can amplify your data set. So instead of just thinking about me or Chris as someone who's brought twice. You now think about me as someone who's brought twice, who's referred another five people, who have in each in turn referred another four people each. That basket value, that ELTV is now all associated to you. You can have that data where your single customer profile sit. You can use that data to drive your segmentation, your cohorts, across your channels, across all of your conversations. And in this place, Our customer, Olivia, has gone into a physical store. She might have used a payment card that's allowed her to be identified as Olivia. It might be a loyalty scheme. Immediately, we can track back to know that she has got a high referral value. And immediately, in this case, we're going to give a different offer. We're going to make a charitable donation because we understand enough about her buying buying techniques, her buying trends, to know that she's a charitable person. So, across every channel, always relevant, always based on the referral. It's about understanding your actual best customers. This is what we mean when we talk about that amplification from referral through to the omni channel CX. And on the CX point, I'm now going to welcome on stage Alex Timlin, Global Head of CX for SAP. Um, there's a very famous quote from Steve Jobs that says, If you know what you're talking about, you don't need PowerPoint. Alex is about to prove this. Set a reasonably high bar and then gave me a clicker. There's no
2: slides. Um, But for one of the reasons I didn't want to do any slides is that uh, there's a a great panel session that's coming up a little bit later on today where we're going to talk about some of the general themes that are going across. But I think the, the research from this morning was actually a really important step in what everyone in this room can really um, lean into, which is, how do we as a community start sharing a little bit more of the insights, tactics, and opportunities that we've got to really drive business performance and improve customer experiences? Um, uh, I'm from SAP's customer experience division. Uh, We're very fortunate to work with the best part of 5,000 different businesses, ranging from fast-growing high street retailers uh, uh, and direct-to-consumer brands, through to supporting the likes of H&M and Shein with some of their strategies on CRM and on loyalty. But um, I actually spent 10 years of, uh, of my career with uh, the Amasis company, where we built a customer success team really focused on looking at some of the tactics post-purchase that we then built into the, the product solution that is uh, something we've really brought together with uh, with Mention Me in partnership over the last three or four years. So there's a piece of research that we did together with Mention Me and six other customer, uh, six other partners around Omni-channel, uh, Omnichannel Retail Masterclass. And the Omnichannel Retail Masterclass was 15 different brands all sharing what were the, the most insightful and important tactics they had around how they drove their business growth. One of the most interesting things that came out of that research was around this concept of advocacy. Because we talked a lot today about customer love. Customer love doesn't mean every customer loves you. It's a really important fact. So uh, Bain and the guys that are talking about NPS often talk about the promoters, and that's really, really important. But advocacy doesn't just come from people who love your brand. So some research we did together with Zendesk on 2,000 different organizations and their own customer experience strategies focused on a really, really simple piece of data, which is around ratings, reviews, and feedback. And statistically, someone who gives you bad feedback is more likely to recommend your brand than someone who gives you no feedback at all. Bad feedback is better for business than no feedback. So when we're talking about asking referrals, asking for information, it's not just about getting the people who are super ecstatic about your brand and the experience they got. It's also about taking that opportunity to build a relationship with a customer and ask them questions. If you want to understand why people don't buy from your brand and why people do buy from your brand, the single most insightful piece of research that we had was asking your customers is the best way to understand what they want. And that's not just about the product. It's not just about the the shipping. It's not just about the web user experience. It's about looking holistically at all of the opportunities that you've got to ask your customers about what they actually enjoyed about the experience. Asking people what they didn't enjoy about the experience and then rewarding them for that feedback is actually another source of referrals. So we created a tactic in the Amasis platform, together with Zendesk and also with Mention Me, around post-purchase feedback. It's a very, very simple program. It says, you as a brand are in charge of your reward. You pick your incentive. It has two paths. Anyone who gives you good feedback gets an incentive and a reward but the copy is very much orientated around someone who's had a great experience. Anyone who gives you a bad feedback gets different copy and a different set of uh, permutations around that bad feedback. The interesting part about that tactic is the offer is exactly the same. And the redemption rates are almost identically the same from people who have really bad feedback and really good feedback. Someone who has a relatively poor experience that you listen to and say, hey, Thank you for letting me know that that wasn't a great experience. In reward, we've actually given you a discount or an incentive from your next purchase. You don't need to have a special offer. You just need to have a very, very simple line of communication that says, thank you for the feedback. I appreciate and understand that we can do better. As a token of our appreciation, here's a reward. Thank you for being an advocate. As a token for that appreciation, here's a reward. The offer is exactly the same but the communication is completely different. All of these programs are automated. All of these programs aren't particularly smart. There's a huge amount of innovation that's going on in the uh, the Mention Me platform like we heard uh, earlier today around how to use AI to predict who's gonna be happy, who's gonna be not. The first step that everyone in this room can take to actually getting on that path to advocacy is ask a question and do something about it. If you get bad feedback, don't hide from it. Promote it and use that as a tool to build a relationship with a customer. It's The second most interesting piece of research we had was actually around people who have physical stores. How many people here have physical stores part of your brand? How many people are asking for ratings and reviews on Google Maps? It's free. Working with Reese... And working with All Saints, we did a very, very simple post-purchase campaign based on the store that you purchased from. So there's a partner that works on e-receipts. When you buy at the physical till, you get an email receipt instead of a physical receipt. We use that data to trigger off a message and ask the question, how did you find your in-store experience? I was the beta client for actually doing this with a purchase that I made from an All Saints branch in Oxford Circus. One review of four stars at Oxford Circus for a store that's in the basement. Has anyone been to the All Saints store at Oxford Circus and been to the menswear? Uh, Anoop and a few other people have said yes. It's a hot, sweaty little basement, but the guys are amazing. And that one review had 7,000 views in a three-month period. How many tourists do you think there are around Oxford Circus? For free, you can ask someone, how was the store experience? I was the second review of the entire store inside Google Maps. The manager, when I said, it's a hot, sweaty little box, but the guys are amazing, and they helped me get exactly what I needed to do, replied saying, that's why people buy from us. It's not the location. It's the staff. And the staff have been here on average for x numbers of years. If you look on Google reviews, you will still see Alex Timlin from a few years back as that one review. That review got me in the top 1% of influencers on Google in the whole of the UK. I was testing a message. But it's free. Feedback is free. What you choose to do with the feedback is what uh, differentiates you from the competition. And it doesn't need to be complex. And it doesn't need to be things that are really about driving your business to the next level all at once. It's those small, incremental things that you can do to ask questions around what do you want to know about your customers? How many people here work in fashion? How many people here work in women's fashion? How many people look at the returns rate when you're looking at your cost of advertising? Your Google Analytics is lying. You didn't make that much money. Literally, women's fashion has a 40 to 50% returns rate in the UK, which means that the number that you're seeing in Facebook and the number you're seeing in Google is not your actual number. Your number is net of returns. What's the most common reason that people return products in women's fashion? size, color, and fit. So people typically buy three. You're high-fiving yourself because you did a good job. You've got an average order value that's really high. You've got, on average, three items per order. But people only keep one. Some people keep none. If you want to know the most common reason that people return your products, ask them. It's a very, very simple process. You don't need to reply one-on-one to every single customer. But if you en masse ask the customer why you returned the product, you can learn information that helps you optimize your program. It's not just about helping to get a better experience for the customer. It's actually good business. By implementing a program of just asking people about customer returns, for one UK fashion retailer, we reduced that returns rate from a shocking 70% to 30%. And it was because their formal wear had different sizing to their casual wear. Why the same brand would have an entirely different sizing for different departments makes very little sense. But they didn't realize that they were doing that because they had different teams. One team focused on really premium formal wear, primarily bridal. Another team focused on everyday fashion. And those teams never spoke to each other. The marketing team was the same team. So the marketing team are trying to figure out why have we got such a huge number of people that are actually making sales for us but we're making no money. And it was the chief operating officer that actually raised this. Not the chief marketing officer, not the chief digital officer, the chief operating officer who wanted to understand why 70% of the money wasn't in the bank. And it started out because someone had a really good idea of making sure that the size and fit was tailored to the occasion. That's a great idea, but in practice, it meant that loads of people were buying from the brand and getting clothes that didn't fit. The best way to figure out how you build a relationship with a customer is ask them for the information. The best way to grow your business is to implement that information inside of your business where it actually matters the most. How many people have a customer service team inside your business? How many times a week do you actually spend? so? Who, at least once a month, spends time with their customer service team to figure out why people are happy and why they're less happy? amazing. It's the brands that we work with that are growing the quickest. So uh, we've worked with Shein for 10 years. How many people in the room know Shein? It's an amazing brand. And they can go from seeing something on Instagram to making the clothes, shipping the clothes, and then someone actually having them on their doorstep inside of a month. But how they grew was not just through paid advertising and not just through Instagram. It was through repeat purchases and repeat offers they are fanatical about understanding why people buy from them. And they had a really amazing feature early on in their growth, which was replicated by a lot of the businesses like um, Brand Ali Von Provey and the private shopping club. Which is, when you actually buy from them, they had the ability to upload your address book. They said, anyone who buys from us, we will give you 10, uh, 10 euros, 10 dollars, 10 pounds, and they will get 10 euros, 10 dollars, 10 pounds. And You just uploaded your entire address book. They tripled their customer base in 12 months, just by doing nothing else than incentivizing people to refer other people. How many people here have used Uber for more than seven years? Can you remember how people first got to know what Uber was? You get a free ride, they get a free ride. They deliberately spent no money on advertising. But what they did do was actually look at your feedback. The star review is how they guide their business. How good you are, how good the driver is, is a really important mechanism as to how they become multi-billion dollar enterprise. Shein, there are some products they make that are awful. There are other products they make that are viral sensations. How they learn the difference between what they should make more of and what they should make less of is they ask their customers. They have in their DNA the ability to engage with their customers en masse, take that information, and then make different decisions about what products we buy, what products we sell, what price point we have, but also how to actually use that information for new growth opportunities. Every single one of us has the ability to do a very, very simple thing when you go back to the office, which is after someone's made a purchase, wait until they've actually got the product at home, and ask them, How well did the product do for you? Not the shipping experience, not the purchasing experience, the product they actually bought. Ask someone what the product they bought was like for them. Ask them if they would refer that product to someone else. If they would not, ask them why. On average, less than 10% of your population will give you this feedback. But the 10% who do do this will give you invaluable information around why happy people buy and why people return. It's, we did some research from the AMASIS business inside SAP on 2 billion consumer records. Across those 2 billion consumer records, on average, a person buys 1.9 times per year. Someone will buy from an e commerce brand or a multi-channel retail brand. They will make an online purchase 1.9 times per year. A loyal customer will buy 2.4 times per year. There are way more opportunities to go wrong than to go right with a customer. Everyone has a fixed cadence in terms of your marketing communications, your payday promotions, your monthly promotions. All of that's really important, but if you actually look at how often your customers buy, what they're buying, and what they think about what you've bought, there's actually some really, really shocking statistics. 1.9 purchases per year is not a very frequent purchase. In fashion especially, the number of people who buy more than once a year is very small. 80% of a customer database is typically full of people who are single-order customers for direct-to-consumer brands. How do you get someone to go from a single-order customer to a repeat-order customer? Ask them what they enjoyed about the experience first and foremost. If they didn't enjoy the experience, find out why. Either way, incentivize them for that feedback. That feedback helps you make decisions about what products to buy, what products to sell, but also what channels to use. And like I said, the two most important things that came out of this Omnichannel Retail Masterclass were very, very simple, free, and easy to implement post-purchase campaigns. How well did the product do? How well was the service in my store? How well did you enjoy the online experience? Very simple questions that people ask, but they don't ask Repeatedly and they don't ask as part of an automated program that they actually use to grow their business So if you look at amarsis.com you'll see a new power to the mass power to the marketer festival all the research and the state The data that we talked about today including the great work from mention me on the referral program is available for download for free on amarsis.com And it's not about the product. It's about the tactic from brands that people are actually uh, putting into pra- uh, putting into place to help them grow their business by providing better experiences to their customers. So appreciate you for sitting in a hot, sweaty room, listening to me ramble for 20 minutes. But it's a, it's a really amazing festival and a really, really amazing way to celebrate what is actually one of the secrets to viral growth that we've seen across a number of our different clients. We're super proud to sit at the back of the room and see that 50% of the people that were on the Mention Me uh, uh, client roster, or actually a master's client as well. And it didn't happen by accident because we share a similar philosophy around loyalty, lifetime value, and really looking at not just how do you optimize towards a conversion, how do you optimize towards customer lifetime value and advocacy. So thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the day.
0: Thanks for listening to this Advocacy Engineered presentation. To find out more about Mention Me and how our advocacy first approach could drive growth for your business, is it mention-me.com?